Welcome to Talking In Stations. This is Matterall. It is February 3rd, 2021. Sorry, 4th. Wow. How'd that happen? Today on the news, we have some interesting stuff coming out of CCP, a dev blog, actually uh, recounting the final numbers on the massacre at M2TAC. I'll show you what that looks like. We're going to discuss that a bit and uh, then see what other news there is. Uh, with me today is uh, Gregorin. How are you doing, Gregorin? I am right. Okay. Well, let's just get into it. These are our, our headlines. Although there was some, there was some news going on as far as uh, the war. weren't there a bunch of dis- wasn't there a lot of destruction today? I, I saw a few battleports. I, I don't think there were any big timers today, but I think I saw a few battle reports. Well, we'll check that out. I think there was some stuff, but we'll see that at the uh, end of the show. Let's go and revisit. Oh, oh yeah. The main thing uh, that the biggest war things that happened today are reinforcing Keepstar iHubs for, uh, I guess, timers over the the weekend. Okay. Well, let's see. We just got to tip this. Yeah, I thought there was some Fortizars that went down here. So that was a test Fortizar that went down in Esoteria. Yeah, there was other stuff. There was a list of about, I mean, there was a ton of stuff going down for Imperium. I And then uh, some stuff, I guess, here. There was about three or four things going down for test. I'll see if I can dig that up. Anyway, the big news today, though, is this uh, Massacre at M2. It's a CCP Aurora dev blog that came out from the community team. Hey there, thanks for the cheer. Uh, and I guess they've titled it The Massacre at M2. They'll play on words. You have The Bloodbath of BTAC-R, The Massacre at M2. I forget what the other ones are. And we'll just read a little bit of this. Uh, not the whole thing, but it's nice to look at some of these graphs and stuff. So Clash of Titans, the largest war in EVE and video game history, has been raging for months and tensions were building. Two sides of the conflict each possessed the largest supercapital forces in New Eden, and a large-scale confrontation felt inevitable as the battle lines pushed closer. The fighting grew bloodier, and each battle became more critical to each side's success, survival, and morale. On December 30th, 2020, this tension finally came to a spectacular head in the most destructive battle New Eden has ever seen. As Pappy forces were continuing to press into Imperium home region of Delve, they began to assault against a seemingly irrelevant keep star. That's in quotations, irrelevant. In the system of M2TAC-XFE, Pappy cleared the shield timer without much contest. However, when it came time for the armor timer, the Imperial supercapital fleet was poised to respond. A lone Imperium interceptor pilot is credited with attacking the M2 TAC Sino Jammer just prior to the start of the fight, granting the Imperium forces a window in which they could bring capital reinforcements while the Sino was repaired. The Sino Jammer was repaired. The Sino Jammer was then hit several more times by a small number of Imperium pilots to keep the window open as they brought in additional reinforcements. However, the attackers. Two were bringing 
in additional ships as both sides attempted to achieve a numerical and firepower advantage. At 22.30 GMT, the Pappy forces moved into position below the Keepstar and waited nervously to see if the Imperium forces would break from the safety of the Keepstar tether that was engaged. As the first shots were fired by Pappy at the structure, the Imperium broke the tether and returned fire. The resulting fight would be the most destructive in EVE history. How many of you guys were there? Except if you were in this battle or if you watched it on our live stream. Here's a Razorian picture of it. I believe Razorian was uh, hanging out. Let's read a little bit more, shall we? The fighting lasted approximately 14 hours as each side volleyed titans and enemy super capitals off the field, one after another. The trades on both sides were incredibly even, with each side losing super capital ships at around the same rate. The bloodbath continued until daily downtime the next day when Pappy forces were issued the command to stay logged out after the servers went offline. As the dust settled, New Eden was left to tally a larger battle than had ever been seen before amidst a mountain of shattered titans. Ding, turn the page. All right, so let's look at that final tally, and this is extraordinary. The final tally, uh, Isk lost was 29 trillion. Titans destroyed 257. I think initial reports, by the way, uh, and this is me editorializing, I'm not reading anymore. Uh, initial reports were like 120, 126 to 125, I think. Uh, so yeah, that 257 is a total number. We don't have a breakdown. I don't see it here on how many were destroyed on which side. But I believe it was off by one or two. Uh, the total ships destroyed 3,404. There was a lot of subcapitals destroyed as well because uh, those were fighting each other as these titans were slugging it out. But here's the interesting one, and this is what took me by surprise. The USD, that is US dollars, value of losses was $378,000. And uh, of course they say as a disclaimer, based on the average sale price of Plex, this number is simply given as a way to represent the effort value of the destruction and not an actual amount of money spent by participants in the fight. I find this funny that CCP has to put in this disclaimer because EVE players get really hostile when you put a price tag on virtual assets. Here is yeah, cool it is kind of funny to see that even CCP has to do that. Yeah, just to fend off the coming criticism. Okay, so here is the memorial that is going in, and it is just beautiful. Called Everlasting Testament. Amidst the wreckage, a monument is being constructed in M2 TAC XFE. I don't think it's being constructed right now because there's an ongoing situation in M2. I imagine if everything goes well, that situation will resolve itself within a month. But uh, at some point in the future, this sculpture that was designed by the art team will go in, and I'll show you that. There is a 3D rendition of it. Uh, and it just looks really beautiful. It's got some vertical supremacy. In other words, it's really tall. It's got its arms out. Um, and the process is described by the, we'll call him sculptor, even though it's three-dimensional. 
on what the uh, influences were. Why don't I go ahead and read that? So from the designer, the initial concept, and this is me reading, the initial concept was very clear in my head. A diorama inside a semicircle with ships on either side ready for the battle on its two opposing sides and a banner in the middle bearing the records of all the players involved in the fight. I wanted something majestic and imposing to represent the epic scale of the battle. I was greatly inspired by the architectural rhythm of, and here is, uh, I believe it is a church in Iceland called the Hallgrimskirska, and that's, his, that's the best you're going to get out of me. Uh, we'll show you a picture of that for the main structure. So he took some inspiration from this structure here, which uh, you can see that is a church in Iceland. And it's actually in Reykjavik, uh, but it's beautiful and it's... Hallgrimskirke, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is the largest church in Iceland. Uh, so have a look at that. And uh, that does look a lot like the, uh, the structure here, as you can see, here's a better picture of it. Uh, we'll spin this around one more time. So definitely you can see the uh, influences of that church in Reykjavik. And I think that's really cool. I mean, Iceland is a special place. So uh, adapting a lot of culture from Iceland only makes the game better and more interesting. So the designer goes on to say, my team suggested implementing the shape of a keep star in the design. From that point, I tried to include the shape of a single piece or in a pattern in multiple ways. Once I found a solid shape for the main structure, I tried to merge with some, I tried to merge with it some of the other previous experiments where I had used shape of a keep star as a base until I ended up with a semicircle monument with the shape of a keep star inside of it. Now I am not sure. I, I was looking carefully to see if there was a keep star inside this glowing, uh, uh, space that sits in the middle, but uh, it's too small for me to actually see. Uh, if, but you know, I I think that's what was described. You could see it here. I think they may have to work on that glow and make it bigger. <laughs> it does look a lot like uh, the Triglavian ship, definitely. This to me looks a little more imposing, and because of the color of the uh, 3D rendering, it looks very much uh, metallic which is kind of cool. Yeah, this is a monument. All right, so let's look at some graphs. So that monument, I'm looking forward to seeing that monument. It's beautiful. Uh, so here's the graph of M2, and this is the largest online battles by ISK destroyed. And you could just see how much bigger this is uh, from BTAC-R. It literally is two and a half times, actually three times bigger than BTAC-R. Uh, so whereas uh, values in trillions was 11 or 10 and a half for BTEC R, it, uh, this one is 29 trillion. So yeah, there is inflation to uh, talk about. And, you know, it's also, if you really think about what BTEC R was worth, it may not measure up to M2. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, it may measure up to M2 if not surpass it because what was ISK worth um, back then? What was Plex worth back then when BTECR happened in 2014? Uh, how's that compared to what 
what Plex is now, what it's worth now. And, and there's just a lot of room for interpretation. But straight up ISK, this was much bigger. That ISK that we have today might not be as worth as, it, as much as it was back then. Plus, there's a lot of differences in, not to take anything away from M2, but uh, BTECR had a lot of original Titans that were destroyed uh, because that was seen as the uh, end of days battle for those big doomsday machines. So everybody wanted to be in BTECR. It was basically the two sides that really, really counted, well, minus part of the Russian groups that weren't there. The Russians were in BTECR, by the way. They were a big part of it. Um, you didn't have a Chinese um, time zone at the time, so they weren't a part of it. But uh, when BTECR happened, it just seemed like that was the fight and everybody threw in their biggest weapons, and uh, and that's why it was so devastating. It was not only the ISK amounts, but it was the players involved, how long those ships were built. Those were the extraordinary rare titans that we used to read about, and a lot of those died in BTAC-R, so that was significant. Now, M2 had a lot more titans dying, but because of the way things have gone in the last five to six, seven years, those Titans don't have history. Uh, they might have been actually in 2018's rally of uh, Titan fight after Titan fight after Titan fight, but none of those Titan fights were, mm, I guess, monumental. X-47, I don't think, was. UALX was interesting, but it wasn't really... Um, I guess it was UALX was very interesting and also very important but not a lot of Titans were involved in that fight. There were more Titans on the way to that fight that were actually in it. Uh, so it was a little bit weird. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, at this point just trying to give you some perspective if you're new or have been here less than uh, six or seven years that BTAC-R was significant for more than just ISK reasons. And that's not just me favoring BTAC-R because it was the old battle. Um, there's a clear difference between the significance of BTAC-R and M2-TAC. And this armor battle of M2-TAC wasn't nearly as significant as uh, BTAC-R. As far as the psyche uh, of EVE Online in general. But, but look at that number. Pure numbers, huge. Three times the size of BTAC-R. X forty or X forty seven two doesn't really deserve this spot. This wasn't. This was just not that interesting. Uh, UALX. This was a very interesting fight to me. It's one of the great fights of Eve Online's history. Uh, I think there's been a few fights in Eve Online history that were really interesting and important. And I think UALX definitely is among those top ones. As is uh, BTEC R C Tech L. Not sure which one that was, but. If that was the Russian one, that's a important one too. Okay, largest battle in EVE Online battles. Sorry, largest EVE Online battles by USD destroyed. So in US dollars, you can see BTACR $300,000. That was a huge number. We never thought we'd see anything worth more than that uh, destroyed. Well, that was kind of the old thinking actually. But uh, this one came in at... 378,000. That shocked me. That's a huge number. I think when the fight was going on, we predicted somewhere in the neighborhood of 300,000, but uh, 
378,000. That is a lot of uh, converted dollars into the game. Uh, as you can see, Battle of UALX comes in third place, and that's $102,000. Um, so it's a huge drop from BTAC-R and M2 to uh, X47. All right, guys, I'm going to go back and look at some of your comments here. Uh, Futility asks, so are, when are we going to see another Titan Brawl? That's a good question. I'll actually answer that at the end of this presentation here that CCP gave us. Uh, I won't answer when it will happen. I'll just answer with an analysis of when I think it will happen. Well, the uh, so Alex Ryan says it's bigger numbers. It was a shooting gallery. Thanks for this. Thanks to the servers. This is not the uh, fight you think it is. This is M2, the armor timer. Unless they put everything to get together, which they didn't do. No. Uh, so this yeah, is just the armor timer. The, just the armor timer. Oh. They didn't do the hull timer. So what you're thinking of where it was a big turkey shoot, that's not even included in this. Uh, that's That comes later. This was the actual biggest fight, and this was the armor timer, and this was a slugfest where they basically were trading Titans back and forth. Both lost about 125 uh, Titans, or 126, 27 Titans. And it was very fair uh, as far as the battle. It was very even as far as the trading. And it was... It was illuminating because the servers held up very well for this. So it was a fight that was big, exciting, historic, lots of destruction, lots of high-end destruction. And so, of course, everybody logged in for the next round, and that round just blew up and didn't work out. That's the one you're and thinking of. everybody, including people who hadn't been heard from in years, showed up for the next one because of how good the first fight was yeah so this like one sir Molly even showed up right um still going through your note your guys's comments here more than a quarter of a million dollars yes i wonder what the numbers be combined okay so i think i caught up uh the imperium is straight up getting a monument but you guys really like to claim a lot of things that don't belong to you but I'll, but you can claim them you know like you guys claimed uh uh, a whole um, vet out of hell trailer. Sure, go ahead, claim it if you want. I, I can make a case that it could be, uh, you know, FCs that wreck uh, ravens that 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 represents. Uh, you want to claim this monument because uh, M two is in your possession. Uh, I suppose you can. I don't know how long it'll be in your possession, considering you've lost the iHub. So this historically wasn't a win for anybody it was a draw we said it at the time and we'll stick to it what happened next was just an unfortunate situation however what happened next with the hull timer was a clear win for the imperium it just wasn't a victory and that's a huge difference and it actually that separation it's like separating price from value it makes a huge difference you go all right, so claim claim anything you want, but you're going to have to share it with some of us that are not part of your exclusive group. You know, us pubbies, you know, we like we like Eve Online too. All right, so let's look at these numbers here. Uh, the numbers shown in this chart are not exact amounts spent by players on this battle. Again, a disclaimer. Um, I think... We can just skip the disclaimer, but let's look at Titans and subcaps lost in the most expensive battles, period. 
and you see the Titan losses are in yellow and the subcap losses are in blue. And what's astounding to me are these two, and we named these the most critical fights of 2020. Now, MTAC 2 armor did happen at the very end, right? Like the December 29th of 2020. However, the two battles that we marked as talking in stations as the most influential of 2020 were not the M2 fight, but these two fights, the uh, FSW fight and the 319 fight, or is it YZ9? But it was basically the uh, massive the, amounts. The October Keepstar fights? Yes, the October Keepstar fights were basically the most influential because it was really when the war where the two sides really met face-to-face -face in, a, in a big way. There was a lot of standoffs, but this is when they were really like, to use the Imperium uh, funny phrase about it, uh, throwing each other into the wood chippers. Like they were grinding right through uh, themselves. And you can just see how, how these compare to all these Titan losses, right? Like uh, here's 250... Almost 10,000 ships destroyed. It's like 9,000 ships destroyed in uh, 319 and uh, like 7,000 ships destroyed in FWST. That's astounding. That is just astounding. But uh, here's, you can see there's a lot of subcaps that died. I think that's an underrated part of M2 TAC armor timer is people didn't realize how many subcaps were, were dying here. And uh, that's it's just an impressive amount. Okay, peak players. Uh, this is how many, and this is always funny because when you talk about how many players were involved, there's a lot of different ways to actually answer that. That's how many players were involved in the system itself that were fighting each other. Uh, how many players were actually in staging systems outside of it? Do you add those together? Uh, so when CCP says that, uh, essentially they say not in these words, but 12,000 players wanted to get in on this MTAC 2 fight, the hall timer, the one that broke the servers, didn't, the servers failed under the pressure. Um, that's 12,000 that wanted to get into the system, but weren't able to. Uh, so that includes stranded people in staging. If you look at, uh, I think it's 9GC or whatever the million dollar fight was, I forget the system up there in pure blind, there were 6,600 people in system. That was a record at the time. It was broken by the M2 armor timer, by the way. But 6.6. .6, no, it wasn't actually broken by this. Um, but there was another, and they didn't say explicitly, but I asked Fozzie and he said, if everybody had gotten into that fight that wanted to get into that fight. We're talking about 2018 um, in pure blind area there would have been about 10,000 people in that fight. So outside the actual combat system, the staging was full of people as well, and those people weren't able to get in. And so the actual record was 6,000, uh, I want to say 6,400 something. I think that's right. I'm not sure. Uh, and that wasn't broken until recently. It wasn't the M2 tech fight that broke the record because I'd only had 5,500 people in system for this armor timer. But uh, one of the Keepstar fights, it was probably a YZ9 fight, had over 6,000. I think these are all blending together for me. Here it is, six YZ9. Uh, let's see. 
Ah, uh, no, it wasn't. Here it is. It's right in front of me, and I didn't even see it. It's FWST TAC 8. That was the uh, fight that had the most people in system. Right. So as I'm trying to talk about all this stuff in my head, I'm not looking at my screen and saying the numbers are right here in front of me. So I did not realize, by the way, the Battle of Head GP, which is a very big battle that happened just a couple days before BTAC R, had 4,000 people in it. That is a lot. As you can see, BTAC-R was a lot smaller. It only had 2,600 people in it. And that makes sense because that was really a Titan fight. There was no point in bringing in more than that. You have to remember, Head GP and BTAC-R happened when tie-dye was relatively, relatively new. It was less than a year old or about a year old. Um, other big fights, the X-47 fights were big. They were promoted as big fights. These are after the million-dollar fight, which was huge. Uh, so X-47-1 and 2 had a lot of participants in it. That was another time when both groups were going all in, which was really exciting. We didn't know how that was going to end. UALX, a little bit smaller, but not much, coming in just under 4,000 players in it. There were more on the way, but the servers actually uh, closed before the reinforcements could get in. There was a lot more people coming for that fight. Uh, they just had to make their way down from the north. All right, but then you have the biggest fight on record for people in system, which is part of the Keepstar anchoring fights, and that is FWST TAC-8. Huge fight, uh, and that was uh, 65-57. It's interesting because I thought the 9GC fight should be up here. Why isn't that up here? Huh, that's interesting. Because it should be right around here, right around the uh, X-47. I mean, this is the, the biggest fight was about 6,400. So I don't know why it's not on this list. That's interesting. I mean, it was a, a world record at the time. Well, anyway, uh, the Battle of uh, 319 TAC 3D uh, brought in 5,477. 5, that is also an astoundingly high number. And then, of course, the Armor Timer for M2 TAC uh, coming in at, I thought it was 5,500, but it's a lot less actually. It was 5,100, so no wonder it was performing well under pressure. I might have been thinking of uh, uh, 319 when I was quoting that. Okay, thanks for bearing with me, all those numbers. Uh, so Titans lost by Alliance in the first battle at M2. So this is by Alliance, and so this is going to be very deceptive. It's going to look like Goonswarm got slaughtered, but they didn't because Goonswarm's part of a coalition. So this is a little misleading since there were two sides, but there's going to be multiple alliances that belong to sides. So remember that M2 attack was relatively even, but as far as the Imperium's concerned, Goonswarm took a lot of losses. They lost 94 Titans, and uh, their arch enemy for decades, uh, Northern Coalition lost 45. Uh, Test Alliance lost 38 and Pandemic Horde uh, 28. So you can see the yellow are on one team and the blue are on another. And that's how they uh, stack up as being allies. Uh, so Drakkar's got away with just one. So did Siberian Squad, Eternal Requiem, Evectus. They all lost one Titan. Percentage-wise, that might be huge for them, but yeah. TNT lost five. That's uh, all the alliance. Yeah. TNT and uh, Ranger Regiment are kind of anomalies because aside, 
aid from those, the only alliances that lost uh, multiple Titans were really big alliances. Well, I guess PL isn't really big. They just have a lot of Titans. Well, but they didn't lose a lot in this one. They lost eight yeah. in them too. That's not a lot. And uh, as far as NC is concerned, 45, uh, I was in DICE, uh, Destructive Influence. And way back, way back in 2016, uh, the DICE Corporation alone had more than 45 Titans. So uh, Northern Coalition, that's a, it's, you know, it's not nothing, but they certainly have more Titans than that. Yeah, they... NC definitely has a lot of Titans that they really like using. Yeah. Yeah, like, and Brave lost no Titans. That's an interesting point, Odin Trisk. Not in this one. They did lose a lot of Titans, though, in the next one. <laughs> he did. And Test lost a ton of Titans in the next one. In M2 Tech, um, the, the sequel, right? This is the first one. But the sequel, Test and Brave were the ones that lost the most, Test by far losing the most. And since it was a one-sided fight, uh, they're the ones that took, you know, the huge, huge hit. Moving on, losses by hull type. Uh, frigates, yeah, okay. Uh, Dreadnought Cruiser, but the Titans lost 257. Uh, and let's face it, it was a doomsday kind of fight. Um, lots of Dreads actually died in there. I didn't realize 319... That was probably split between two sides, so who knows? Well, there was that one uh, incident where Test worked their fleet of dreads in and it immediately <laughs> got, got, yeah. Yeah, they got eviscerated as soon as they landed. That was awesome. It was like cross... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember that because right as I was in uh, Horde's subcapital fleet that where everyone was flying a heavy interdictor so they sent us in right as the test dreads were going in and as soon as the dreads all got destroyed they pulled us back before they had us tackle supers yeah they definitely got bodied uh those guys knew going in they're like all right to Valhalla, let's go whatever they say um i think manfred sidious was the fc on that and but it doesn't matter if they knew they were going to get killed. I don't think they ever expected to get wiped out before they basically landed. You know, they just got. Yeah, most of the time, if you're flying a dreaded something big like that, you don't expect to go home. You just expect to do a bit more before you yeah. get removed from your ship. Before you evaporate. <laughs> but that was a neat. That was actually one of the highlights of that of this battle was that uh, moment. <clears throat> All right, and that's pretty much the end. Uh, you have some references, some quotes from players like Gobbins, and you have references here uh, about where you can read more. So this is CCP's basic final word on this battle. <coughs> Pardon me. What we don't have is a good split. I would like to know what the final numbers are. Maybe it's right here, yeah. And this is different than we thought, and, and this makes this is important. Uh, when it comes to Titan losses, this battle did not have a clear-cut winner. Okay, we can agree on that. Pappy forces lost a combined 130 Titans, while the Imperium lost 122, giving them a narrow eight-Titan lead over the attackers. That is a new fact, and that is important. I would say that this battle was not a clear-cut winner because... 
There's just a lot of ways we can interpret uh, what this fight actually meant. But it is undeniable that more Titans were lost by Pappy than were lost by um, Imperium. So I would chalk it up to an, a narrow Imperium win as far as Titan losses go. Because eight is significant. Um, I mean, that's almost like uh, 5%, 6%. So that's significant. So yeah, that was unknown because we thought it was 125 to 126 and almost exactly even, but it wasn't. It was an eight eight point uh, difference. And because we were keeping track of those Titans counting wrecks and doing everything else. And uh, so it was interesting to see where the numbers actually settled. Yeah. Anything over 5% is considered scientifically significant. So now the reason that this isn't significant and why it's okay to say there was no clear cut winner is because this was basically part one of a part two match. And uh, so really by the time it ended, both teams had suffered significant losses. And if you do total up the number of Titans that they even possessed, then then an eight, eight Titan difference is not that big a deal. Um, but this did not change the board. This fight did not change the board. But what it did do is set up a situation that we are still seeing play out, right? Because the Imperium is still owning M2TAC. They still are sitting on over 100, we assume, Titans uh, from Pappy. They still have possession of that Keepstar. It is still ongoing. I, don't, I think it will resolve in the next uh, month or less as Pappy's just taken over the iHub, which means they'll be able to take stronger control of the system. And once they can control the system, then they can control the fate of that Keepstar. And once they control the fate of that Keepstar, then they can control the fate of their buried allies that are in that system. So uh, Imperium needs to stop that progress if they can. And uh, Pappy needs to make sure they get all the way out before this can be put behind them. Okay, a couple questions is, uh, there's one that I was going to come back to, and then one here by Futility. Yeah, uh, let me just make this comment here by Skywalk uh, Everhart. Over, uh, over 1,300 Titans were involved in the initial fight. Each side lost around 125. They just told us it was 122 to 128, but yeah, basically around 125. When you put it in perspective of, like Wormius was saying earlier, 1,300 Titans, yeah, eight-point difference, not a big deal. I think I was just trying to give Imperium more uh, the actual credit they deserve for killing more Titans because that was debated at the time uh, and it was inconclusive, but now we know. Okay, so uh, there was a couple questions that I wanted to answer about this fight, and that is, here we go. What would be your best guess as the current Titan numbers of both sides, just looking from your opinion? I know both sides would hurt different numbers. That is a good question, and I wish I had a good answer for that, but there's been a lot of obscurity to it. Uh, I don't, I think, and I'm not going to venture a guess because I could be wildly off, but um, there's still hundreds and hundreds of Titans on both sides, so I would say at least... Um, it depends, again, on how many they can bring to bear versus how many they have versus how many they have on accounts that are no longer active. And so when you start thinking about Titans and uh, capability, you not only have to think about what guys have them, how much your 
Alliance has in reserve to replace those that get destroyed, uh, how many, you, you know, you can buy off people who aren't uh, <clears throat> using them, uh, but then you also have to think about how many past players are willing to uh, turn on their account and hand over a Titan that they don't want anymore. And it's almost like a fossil fuel, right? Like, how much oil do we have? Well, I don't know what that actual number is because it, it, you don't know how many players are buried under there and are loyal enough to say, I don't really need this anymore. Here you go. So... But I think clearly both groups have anywhere from 300 to 400 Titans, maybe as a minimum. And I think that number might climb to you know, five or 600 Titans. And uh, again, these are just... Yeah, I, was, I would have guessed five or 600 as the low bound of... Mm, no, I mean... Well, it depends. I mean, even if 1,300 Titans were in M2, that's more than I thought were in M2. So I could be wrong. But I, what I've seen brought to bear is in the neighborhood of three to 400 Titans when they form up strong. And uh, that was before a lot of them were lost and some of them were um, buried. Uh, but a lot of those were replaced. And so I still feel like the working capacity of Titans is still at full strength uh, in the 400 to 300 to 500, I think, is like they're the working full strength. Unless one group has kept their full strength hidden, which we've had a lot of measuring contests, so I'm not sure that's the case. Okay, uh, there was one other question that I had left behind here, and I think it was very bad for forgetting it, but it was a long time ago. Uh, if I didn't answer your question, please write it again, and I will pick it up at the back otherwise i'll have them up here looking for it and ooh, i think it had to do with the significance of this battle or where do i think it they're at now okay <clears throat> yeah just rewrite your question if i didn't answer it or if you have a new question i'll try to take care of it in the next few seconds but uh that is a review of mtac 2 or m2 tech God, i gotta stop saying that uh the massacre there uh, okay, let me answer. Let me see if I can answer some of these questions here. What do you expect in the next? What do you expect? When do you expect the next Titan Brawl? Uh, that's the question I was looking for. Futility. Thank you. And the answer to that is unknown. My best guess as an analyst is that uh, the the what you won't see is another M2 tack hull timer where you have instability of server. <clears throat> where both sides don't think they can safely get in. Uh, so there won't be any more risk-taking because obviously Pappy learned a bitter lesson there. Uh, so what needs to happen is a situation where both teams feel like they can get on the field and in position in a, in a stable way. And that's the only way you'll see another massive brawl like this. Uh, so... What that feels like to me is it won't be an appointment fight, but uh, some kind of um, emergency form up and slip up. Uh, maybe when you see the next Titan fight that grows. Uh, and those are the classic ways that big Titan fights happen is when there's a slip up and there's an escalation and there's a doubling down on power and the power um, escalates um, 
in situations where they both feel like they can actually win this. But strategically, here's what you're looking at. The Imperium want to fight in a way to do what they actually did, which was to win a fight and pin down their enemy. If they do that, they can win this war. Another decisive M2 tech disaster where Pappy is buried um, could end the war. Like it can really end abruptly because they just can't handle that kind of a loss again. However, what Pappy wants, so they're looking for that opportunity, but they don't want to lose their capital, super capital fleet in the process. On the other side, Pappy want to, at this point, really grind down the Imperium a bit more. So you've seen a, a Keepstar get destroyed kind of quietly. You've seen iHubs get flipped kind of quietly. There are some fights, but the uh, Imperium is uh, sadly outnumbered. So uh, they're, well, maybe sometimes they're not outnumbered, but they're, uh, they're not really fighting as hard as they kind of were, it seems like. So they may be resting. That's one way of looking at it because a big part of these long wars, remember we've been at it since July 4th pretty much, is fatigue control. So maybe one of the big reasons that the Imperium was letting the so-called so floodplain regions languish was because they didn't want to waste all that fatigue on areas out there in, you know, that were way out there that um, weren't within jump range of their actual power base. So I think what you may see right now is a little bit of resting going on on the Imperium side because I, I don't see them fighting as hard as they were before or looking for opportunities to strike a, a blow. And yeah, so Skula says, don't say we're not outnumbered. Uh, we're definitely outnumbered. That is true. You're outnumbered. Oh, I don't. I think the uh, I have fight that I witnessed. It looks like the, the both sides were kind of even. So it sh depends on who shows up to the battles. That's what I mean by n outnumbered. So I don't yeah, think the, you you see the big difference in numbers there. Do you? Yeah, the Imperium is outnumbered, but I think they do have a habit of exaggerating how outnumbered they are. Not by much. We did number crunching on active PVPers one time and. Uh, although the Imperium said we're we're outnumbered three to one, they were outnumbered like two point two to one. It was more than two, but far less than three, and that was just a snapshot. So things have changed since then. So it depends, um, and they are clearly outnumbered at least two to one overall in the campaign. But when I saw an iHub fight uh, for M two, I saw the numbers were relatively even, but um, you know. That's only a few cameras, so maybe it's maybe it's more than that. Uh, in any case, uh, outnumbered or not, the uh, Imperium are like picking their battles carefully. I haven't seen them uh, try to flip. You know the uh, I don't know. Uh, you, I, I always think of uh, the best the best way for Imperium to win is to to find an opportunity to do exactly what happened in M two, and things went very right for the Imperium. It kind of got lucky, and it was great for them. And a lot of it is they're prepared to take advantage of the lucky opportunities. They also strategically make really good decisions that put them in the put them in the position to take advantage of opportunities when they arise. So it's not that they're lucky; it's that luck is a part of the equation, and uh, and they may be looking for that next 
situation that could switch to be favorable. So what Pappy is doing is carefully and methodically being foolproof, right? They're going to make sure that when uh, uh, they're trying to take down a keep star that they've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and they have more people and more firepower and in a better position. And in, in this environment, it's hard to see a situation where those Titans are going to come together again. Before M2, there was a real desire on part of Pappy to get into a huge Titan brawl. I know that Vince Draken thinks that way. He's always looking for that BTEC or revenge fight. And uh, I have a feeling Gobbins, when he was talking in this town hall before M2 in December, was saying like, hey, we may take a Keepstar without securing it first with a Sino Jammer. You know, we may speed up the tempo of this whole campaign because our guys are probably getting bored or tired or whatever, for whatever reason. And so we're going to speed it up, which means we're going we're gonna to play a little looser, a little less safe. And then MTAC 2 happened. And I think at that point, and I haven't confirmed it with anybody, but there, oh, actually, yeah, Vince Draken said, uh, I think in the, um, in the, in an article that he, that he was quoted in as saying like, it was a big risk. And so this war will probably be continued slower. And so the point is there will probably be a lot more careful execution on plans to deliberately take down structures, to deliberately wipe things out until one DQ. And that's when you may see the next, um, all in fight where all the chips go onto the table and people are willing to lose everything. Uh, okay. So futility says, honestly, it feels like the Imperium is more creative with their approach to the war, partially due to necessity being outnumbered, but they seem to be more creative in their means of engaging just my two cents. Uh, and Wormius agrees with them and uh, their approach to the war is <clears throat> creative because they're creative thinkers. But um, I think this war has been fascinating. Uh, it's hard for me to unpack it all in one speech, right? Like I almost need to to support what I say with examples and facts and that sort of thing. But this war has been very interesting to me. And there's been mistakes on both sides. I'm not saying it's equal because clearly we're here and Delve is essentially crumbling. And the Imperium is buckling under pressure. And this is not something that normally happens to them. They're usually the big kid on the block, but they're not this time because all the other kids made one giant kid and now they're the smaller kid on the block. But uh, in that situation, they're really having to pick when they can try to make a difference. And only recently have they started attacking other people's homes uh, and to insulate legacy space, to insulate themselves from taking losses back home have basically said, we don't care about home, we care about Delve, we're moving there. And so that narrative is kind of nullified by the fact that nobody in test is worried about catch. They're not worried about home burning. They're worried about uh, cleaning out Delve and cleaning out all the areas uh, around Delve because that's going to be their new home. So that kind of psychological warfare and morale building is constantly happening. You can see it with public messaging through shows, through fireside chats, through town halls, 
um, through appearances on other people's shows. They're constantly messaging. They're analyzing, but they're also messaging what their guys should be thinking. But a lot of their messaging is also internal, which we can't see. We, we don't have access to that. Um, but the, the, the Imperium have done some really cool stuff. There's no doubt. And uh, it, it's kind of, you know, Pappy has more people. So it's kind of their war to win. They're expected to win. I don't think that was the case a while ago, but momentum has just swung so long, you know, swung for so long that it, now they're starting to get the expectation that they can do this and that they can win. And that may work against them, you know, because now the Imperium, um, if the Imperium do another M2TAC, I mean, that was a, a stunning counterpunch is what that was. It wasn't all their execution or creativity. I don't think there was a lot of creativity in it. Uh, there were some tactical decisions that were interesting, appearing lower um, under the keep star as opposed to above it, getting into the system first and giving up your range control. Those are all tactical decisions that made a difference. Um, but really what made a difference was that the game couldn't handle the amount of fire, uh, the amount of people that wanted to play in that scenario. And that's really what MTech 2, why it was a disaster. It could very easily have gone the other way if the servers had performed very well if uh, Pappy had gotten in with the Titans and lost 25, 30 Titans, which would have been high, uh, right off the bat, they would have been behind during the whole fight. Um, but at a certain point, the, the Keepstar would have been destroyed. Therefore, what would the Imperium have done at that point? And that would have turned into an incredibly lopsided situation for them had they not had some preparation that I can't think of, you know, to to bail out on that situation, but it could have easily gone the other way, which is why Pappy was enticed to take it, uh, jump in there, even though there was uh, 4,000, 4,500 people in there. There was a possibility of kind of ripping this open, um, but instead uh, they weren't allowed to jump in. And uh, But not only were they not allowed to jump in, but their ships were destroyed and they weren't allowed to control those ships, which is kind of a crappy situation if you think about it for Titan pilots. Uh, coming in from test uh, and that really did i know people try to say like oh it's all right it happens or whatever but um, if you're a player and you don't get to control your ship and you get blown up in the process nobody's going to tell you that oh well that's eve and that's and, and expect you to feel okay about that you're going to be angry about that sort of thing if you want to you want to die you know die fairly because the world's supposed to be cruel but fair not uh, cruel and unfair so that's the uh, massacre at m2tac <clears throat> all right guys uh thanks for sticking around for that discussion that was almost an hour i didn't expect to go that long we have a little bit more news um for do you want to my my throat well, is I, I noticed that uh the alliance brotherhood of spacers appears to have taken the sov that had previously been held by freight train diplomacy which lived in nearby near them in Vale of the silent and so i guess that might mean that boss brotherhood of spacers is moving out of npc null so i guess we'll see about that sorry did you say that was pure point uh veil vale of the silent 
Wow, fraternity is all over Vale. Um, where did you say they're moving in? It, they took a sovereign Vale of the Silent, having previously lived in Venal since they left Test. Oh yeah, but what's their call letter or whose space did they take? Uh, freight train diplomacy, which uh, had left the region entirely to join Wrecking Crew. Right. So is that? Let's see. Is that? Yeah. Boom is freight train. So they're settling in this area here. I think that's kind of a nice area, if I'm not mistaken. Vale is so big. I forget how big Vale is. It's like half the size of Domain or two-thirds the size of Domain. Domain is huge. But look at Vale. I mean, that's a huge, huge place. Tons of systems. No wonder it's always rented out. All right. Well, we'll see what's going on. <clears throat> Boss took boom. <laughs> okay. Thanks. That helps. Yeah. Interestingly, what... One interesting th coincidence since uh, Boom moved out to join Wrecking Crew is that when uh, Boss, the Star Frontiers Corp, was in test before they started their on their own corp again, one of their main, most notable members was Sado, who is also now in Wrecking Crew. Yeah, the head of uh, Dreadbomb. Well, um, I think that is all the stuff we have today there were definitely other things going on in the war that we didn't take but it was really nice to go back and look at m2 and just kind of go through how ccp has defined it and to give you some more insight into it and possibly what to look for in the next few weeks so we will be busy looking at uh, a lot of the destruction that's going on <clears throat> i think right now we're in a situation where there's a lot of body blows not a lot of like you know headshots or whatever but um but there's some there's some work being done that's kind of softening up uh the imperium again they're i think kind of resting i call it like rope a dope like they're kind of resting and tangling up uh their opponents but uh, they are not uh out of this yet um so we'll see we'll see what happens actually we'll keep an eye on this and get you the the latest news that we can and also we'll look at wormhole uh, ev evacuate uh, um evictions that are going on Oh yeah, possibly should have like their final or some of their final timers over the weekend, right? Yeah, they have three Fortizars, if not four, and those are essentially just loot pinatas. Uh, I don't see um, Popsy able to defend themselves against HK and allies. There's just too many of them. I believe whole control already belongs to the attackers, so it's uh, it's an issue of seeing how gracefully they can die in that system. As far as I can tell, there is no cavalry coming to uh, save them. It just it just doesn't exist right now. TDSIN is busy in initiative, um, and even if they were around, I'm not sure if they could overcome what's, um, you know, what the uh, what's attacking them. So, it just depends. All right. Um, so, you got anything else before we go? Uh, I don't. I can't think of anything else. Um, so Aurorus Porcelus is a, is he a... Aurorus Porcelus, you mean? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a he, small gang He's guy. one of the more well-known vocal small gang elite PvP types. Yeah. I'm trying to look at who to raid, and it's either uh, Beta Thursday or... um. Rampage Inc. or him, and I've heard of him. He just won an award from less than ten 
and uh, we like less than 10. So we'll send you there and then you can end up going uh, wherever you like. How's that? All right. But uh, until tomorrow, when it's Friday, we will see you uh, around EVE Online. Thanks for hanging out.